Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. The Midnight Club, Season 1, Episode 7, Anya, is the episode of the show, the Netflix original series, that I will be breaking down in this episode. So if you do not want to be spoiled on the details of this episode, I highly recommend moving along. Go check out the episode and come on back. And for those that are here and want to be spoiled and want to hear the gruesome details of this episode... Uh, it's not a gruesome episode, but uh, welcome, welcome. Uh, as we left left off, last left off in the show, the Midnight Club, the club, all of the members of the club were in the hidden basement performing the ritual and uh, for, for Anya to try and heal Anya. And as we left, the shadow was creeping and reaching for Anya from the ceiling. And the episode ends. Uh, and this episode starts in, I would say, a lot of ways very similar to the last episode. Uh, definitely a, a different way of starting than most of the episodes, similarly to last episode. This one's starting in a way, let's just say, when they get together for the Midnight Club, they refer to telling stories as creating ghosts. So let's just say the beginning of this episode is uh, one of those ghosts. And it starts off with our main character, as the title would have you believe. We are watching Anya, my favorite character, played by Ruth Cod, somebody that I don't believe had any acting experience prior to this show, just somebody who was famous on TikTok, well-known on TikTok anyway, and uh, was cast because of that. And I love this character, and this, this episode really shows how great of an actress Ruth Cod is, and uh, because this is very much her episode, as the title would have you believe. And we are seeing Ruth Cod working at a job. There's a beeping sound as the episode starts that may indicate, you know, hospital machinery, but that beeping is transforms into the beeping a scanner would make as at the checkout counter at a grocery store where Anya is working behind the counter, behind the register, working, scanning groceries. Uh, after work, she's walking home. She walks past the ballet uh, school. She walks past the hardware store and a fly just tried to kamikaze me. Uh, not a fan of this show, I guess, this fly. Uh, walks by a hardware store, walks by a video game store on her way home. She gets home. She makes frozen dinner. Sits in front of the TV and puts on a CSI type of a show, a Law and Order type of a show. And the the audio from the show, it's like they're talking about uh, the story told by Dusty, where the perpetrator uses a hammer uh, to kill people. And uh, turns off the TV, goes to bed. At midnight, her alarm goes off, and we hear, like, through the static, we hear somebody that sounds like... I want to say it sounded like Kevin, uh, but, uh, you know, she wakes up for another day of the same old thing, 
going to the same old store, ringing up the same old groceries. And her manager comes up after a shift and asks her if she has any goals or any aspirations outside of this job. She's not the first person that she's uh, had work at the store from the quote-unquote program. And uh, she sees that she's had problems in previous jobs that they didn't work. And she, you know, just wants to see if she has anything outside of the work that she's doing, any goals. Uh, but, uh, you know, she, she doesn't really, doesn't really uh, respond to that. As she walks home, walking past the ballet class again, she kind of pauses and tries to do a little ba ballet move. And because of her prosthetic leg, she is kind of not able to and embarrassed she kind of runs runs back home uh next day she uh no she so she goes back home again the alarm goes off at midnight this time you hear kevin saying the toast through the static of this alarm clock by her bed uh next day she's at group therapy and she's talking about uh, spontaneous re uh, regener no re re uh, reflection spontaneous re spontaneous regression is what she was talking about and she's saying basically not specifically but saying like I had these friends they did this ritual thing after this ritual I got really sick and she told the story about this saint who had a tumor and uh, couldn't get rid of the tumor, and then he got sick, and his immune system kicked in. And because it had kicked in, it also fought against the tumor, clearing him of the tumor, spontaneous regression. And she, after her friends did a ritual, she got really sick. And that kind of kick-started her immune system, and she got be better. Uh, and now she's the only one left, and she feels like... That was the only thing. Her disease is what defined her for so long. And it feels like, even though she's better, that she feels like she's been chewed up and spit out. She's just a, a, just a, a small fragment of what she used to be. And she's kind of reflecting on Brightcliff and the ceremony and all that. And uh, she's talking about how her illness defined her. And then she, at walking home again, she walks by the hardware store and she sees a guy come out holding a claw hammer um when she gets home she tries to call her friend uh Rhett, her best friend and uh he answers and she's like i'm so alone like i i'm sorry for how i left but i'm all alone now i have nothing i live in the city i feel broken she's sorry she misses him and uh, he just hangs up on her. And, of course, she, she cries. And she can, as she goes to bed, she can hear a baby crying in a, a neighboring apartment. And, again, she hears Kevin on the radio. Next, group therapy. She's talking about spontaneous regeneration not being a – or spontaneous uh, – regression not being magic and uh it's uh despite the ritual working on her they tried 
doing the ritual for everybody else at Brightcliff, and it didn't work. She was the only one that survived. Uh, Alonka was died over a year ago, and she has survival guilt for being the only one of the kids. So this this ghost, this story that we're seeing is of Anya. The ritual worked, and this is her years later going to therapy, getting job placement, all of these things, and in this story, everybody else is dead. And on her way back, or at the store, she's working at the store now, and she sees a claw hammer come by. She goes to scan it. The claw hammer is covered in blood and hair. She looks up, and she sees Dusty's mom from Kevin's story, Dusty's mom, and she's like, what the fuck? And the manager comes over, and she's like, I'll take care of it. So then she leaves, and after she leaves the store, it is as if all of the stories, all of the ghosts that these the members of the Midnight Club told throughout the nights are coming to life. She walks by the video game store, and she sees Amesh. She goes in. She's like, oh, it did work for you. It did work for you. And he's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. My name's Luke. So now this is like his story that he told and of course part of that story becky comes uh not natsuki comes walking around the corner she's like is this lady okay they call the cops immediately stanton who was the detective in multiple in dusty's story and also uh sandra's story walks in so now anya's freaking out right because all these characters from all these stories are coming to life and she's freaking out she goes next door or she walks outside anyway um there's sandra from her story from her neo-noir story kind of jingling a cup of change sucking on the toothpick you see uh uh you see natsuki inside one of the windows from the very first story that we only saw a little bit of the kind of scary face that kind of scratching on the window you see her behind one of the windows uh, you see, see, what do you see? We see uh, Alonka and Kevin uh, from the witch story. Kevin shot. You see Dusty come out and, and hit Alonka in the back of the head, or at least uh, the character that she was in the witch story. So all of these things, she like runs away. She looks inside the ballet school, and it's the other version of Anya from her story in a ballet thing, talking to Stanton as the devil cuts herself. She feels it. She's like, ah. She runs. She goes, runs into uh, the sh thinking she's running into the ballet school. Turns out she's running into a room, and one of the attached rooms is a bathroom. Smoke's coming out of it. She opens it. It's on fire, and of course, Spence sits up out of the bathtub wearing the scuba gear. So she is just, all of the stories are invading her right now. Looks up, turns around, and uh, she gets shot in the head, falls back, laying in a bed, in her bed, looking up, sees like drips of, I think, blood dripping alongside of her. She looks up and out of the ceiling, not a shadow, but kind of like this figure kind of bubbling out of this ooze that's in the ceiling and reaching out to her very much like the shadow was before the end of the last episode. And then she can hear on the radio, she can hear Alonka on the radio. It's coming through clear. 
and it sounds as if Alonka is talking to Anya through the recovery speaker, right? Like, we're out here. Miss Stanton got pissed when she found out what we did. We're not allowed in the library anymore, right? This is like, we're allowed to do this. We're, you know, we're not sneaking out to do this. She knows that we're here talking to you through the intercom, right? Meanwhile, Anya is still in her reality, sitting on her bed. And this is where we get the toast. To those before, to those after, to us now, and to those beyond. To those before, to those after, to us now, and to those beyond. Seen or unseen, here but not here. Seen or unseen, here but not here. And then Natsuki gets on the intercom and she tells a story about what happened to Anya after the ritual. So they're all in the basement, in the circle, doing the ritual, and there's a flash of light. And Anya disappeared, right? After this flash of light, she disappeared. She's gone for a week, just like Julia Jane, gone for a week. She comes back completely cured. She talks to Stanton about her options, decides to stay at Brightcliff for a few more weeks so they can do the, the ritual for all the other members of the club. Right, they do the ritual for everybody and it works for everybody. Later on she gets Anya gets a prosthetic leg. She gets back into dancing ballet and one day out of the blue, her best friend Rhett shows up to the ballet studio. They mend fences, they get married, they get a house with a white picket fence, and life is happy for them. Actually, before that after they everybody's healed, the entire club gets a floor of an apartment building, right? And they're all set. Then she gets a prosthetic leg. Then she gets married. Then she moves into a house, right? She's got three kids, a dog, German Shepherd, right? Little input from Sherry. She's got a German Shepherd too. Also, she has a Jeep, a pink Jeep with a skull painted on the hood. And she lives happily with her with her best friend, Rhett. And everybody in the club bought houses on the same block. And they get together all the time for potlucks. And they all grow old together. And that's the end of the story. A happy ending. Where everybody's healed. They all stay together. They all live together on the same street. They maintain the club. And then everybody says goodnight to Anya through the speaker. Through the alarm clock in Anya's world. And Alonka stays. She's the only one that stays. She wants to talk to Anya one-to-one, roommate-to-roommate. And she's sorry about the ritual. She's sorry that the ritual made her sick. She broke her out, made her do this nonsense thing. And she tells her that Anya, she passed out during the ritual. Stanton found out. She got mad. She said only words that she could have learned from, from Anya. They're not allowed in the, the, 
they're not allowed in the library anymore or right now they're not allowed in the library but she wants to, her to know that they're with her and then Anya looks in her room that she's in this apartment that she's living in in her in her mind and everybody's there sitting there with her and then she says good night and then Anya closes her eyes goes to sleep cut to an empty recovery room the janitor put fresh sheets on the bed again as he does after someone passes away Anya passed away so that was we were inside Anya's imagination as she was in a coma as she was dreaming in the recovery room after the events of the ritual did not work right she starts seeing all the stories from all the people that they said all the ghosts right creating ghosts and now Anya's gone Anya's dead and Alonka shows up to the recovery room and she has a little <laughs> she has like a quote duel with the janitor right the janitor this this Yoda kind of like sage advice kind of a guy and of course Alonka the brilliant student who is in, in one life a salutatorian right so she's says you know she knows she knows these quotes because she was a salutatorian in another life a shorter life but one of the quotes is one should die proudly when no one when no longer can live proudly like one should die proudly when they can no longer live proudly by Nietzsche and that is the quote that Elanka knew one of the many quotes Right. Let's take a little break from the show to promote. I figured out a way on my website to offer prints for every single painting. So if you go to a painting, you can buy the original painting or you can buy a print for everything. Artwork that you don't want to spend $100 plus on 9 by 12 inch ink painting on paper. $100 for the original one of a kind piece of artwork. Paintings range in price depending on their size. The 8 by 10 print, $20 available in the store at inspireddisorder.com and now let's get back to the show and she tells the janitor you know that this when she was a salutatorian another life a shorter life and he comes back with a quote it's not the length of life but the depth of life and that was by ralph waldo emerson and anya lived a deep life and he has more quotes, which are good quotes. And then Alonka comes back with a John Lennon quote. And the death is just getting out of one car and getting into another. Right. Kind of almost the idea in some ways similar to reincarnation. Right. Just transfer over to a new version, a new a new being. Or maybe a di completely different form of existence. So many infinite possibilities when nobody knows the truth. Uh, but kind of a fun thing where, you know, after the quote about John Lennon, she's like, fuck the car, fuck cancer. Like at this point, Alonka, in contrast to how she was in the last episode where she's 
has this warrior spirit. She's determined to figure out a way to cure everybody. She's determined to get this ritual to work, to save Anya. Now she is regretful. Right? She's regretful that she didn't get to spend more time with Anya. And you hear that when she is now in the, the office with Stanton. And she, Anya left Alonka everything, money or whatever. She got her ashes in a box. And there's a letter as well. And Stanton asks Alonka, where did you find the diary? What were you doing in the basement? And you need to give me a good reason not to throw you out right now. And Alonka comes back. Well, we found the book in the library. So if you got a problem with that, that's, you know, that's where it was. Uh, as far as what we were doing in the basement, we were wasting our time doing something that had no effect, right? If she had heeded Stanton's advice in the previous episode, instead of trying to change the outcome for which you have no control, and instead enjoy the last moments you have with somebody, allow these moments, allow for a soft landing, allow for a smooth transition, which is now what Alonka regrets. She regrets not having more time with Anya or to spend that time that she had in a better way, in a more just, uh, you know, in a way that wasn't this fool's errand, as it were. And she says that uh, if you want to throw me out, just throw me out. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not going to give you an excuse. Uh, so just if you're going to do it, do it. Uh, cut to Alonka talking to Shasta now and telling her that it didn't work. And Shasta's like, it's not about it working. It's not like baking. It's just the fact that you tried, right? The, the fact that you tried. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And then she asks about the tattoo. Shasta ta uh, kind of explains the tattoo that everybody in her little commune has the same tattoo. And that it represents, half of it represents Earth. Obviously the part with the sand. The other half represents air. And that it, it also obviously is a representation of time. And the, the great thing about an hourglass is that you can turn it over. And it's a, a, a device that allows time to not end. It allows, like it's a great metaphor for the idea of what the ritual is supposed to do. To postpone the end of time for a person. So she's, you know, telling Alonka these things. And uh, she talks about how the area, the place, is a place of healing, right? The rumors are true. There is, like, something special about this place. When planes fly over, their instruments get all wacky, right? There is something special about this place. And their job, like, they are just her, Shasta and her people are just there for the naturopathic type of, the, the least abrasive way to help people, right? They're not there trying to cause problem like the whole Paragon people were, right? They're just doing supplements and fresh juices and all that stuff. And she says, "We're we're our mottos do no harm, kind of like Google, I guess, uh, unless you have to, right? That's not necessarily part of Google, but definitely part of their thing. And Shasta knows Stanton. She knows her first name. She's like, 
she still got a chip on her shoulder. So we're finding out that Shasta clearly, right, clearly was guiding Alonka to get the book in the library, giving her hints, not telling her directly, but leading her in the right direction, figuring out what those numbers mean, being the, the number to find that book in the library. Um, and she has a history. She knows Dr. Stanton, right? There is a history there. Whether she was a member uh, of, she was part of that, or just with her run-ins trying to get access to the the special location that Brightcliff sits on, uh, they they have a history, and it's clear that they're kind of, you know, two people that butt heads a bit. Cut to Alonka now in her bedroom, going through the things left by Anya. She finds a number for Rhett. She tries calling, but it's a disc disconnected number uh and at the door of her bedroom is her stepfather her foster father who's you know sad that her friend that he got to meet and loved the time he spent uh passed away and they they give a, a, a good hug there and then later on apparently the library is opened up again for them to use later on at club uh Ilanka brings the letter and decides to read the letter. And in the letter, Anya's like, you know, there's this idea that when you die, you, there's this uh, ancient theory, story, that when you die, you drink from this river and the river wipes your brain of knowing anything from the past. So maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't, but you know me, and if anybody's going to you know contact you from the great beyond you know i will be the one to do that in every way possible i will make it as noticeable as possible as in life anya was determined and would only accept a message from the beyond that was obvious and not some just mild obscure whispering through an intercom um so she kind of reiterates that thing as well and if they don't hear anything then it doesn't matter. It's all oblivion. Nothing, nothingness is what, what lies beyond. And uh, they do, uh, she has uh, a different type of a toast. They toast to Anya, who drinks no more. Right? They lift their glasses and drink for Anya, cheersing her one last time in the, in the club. And then Stanton walks in. And she talks about how she loves the aesthetic of the library at night with all the lights turned off and a fresh fire. She talks about how it's perfect for the club. And she tells them that, of course, she always knew about the club. Everybody that works there knew. They loved hearing their whispers of the kids sneaking around at night. They love the way the the building fills with life as the kids tell their stories. I mean, it's a club that's been around before Brightcliff was a hospice. Uh, something that, you know, I'm sure... How are you going to keep that a secret? With all of the kids that come and go through that building, that story time, their club, is is something, is part of a tradition of that building. And... Stanton doesn't want that to end. 
She's like, I don't know what I have to do. You know, I could close this down. I could lock you guys in your rooms, but that's not what I want to do, right? I want to be able to trust you guys, right? So if I'm going to keep allowing you, like, how do you think there's always fresh firewood, right? Why do you think this place is always prepared for you guys to come in and tell your stories at night, right? They want this as part of, the Brightcliff experience. But she also doesn't want them to ruin it for themselves. Let's take a little break from the show to promote the benefits of Inspire Disorder Plus. So you go inspiredisorder.com slash plus. Sign up, $5 a month. You get to binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad free. You get to watch all of the live painting videos I do. You get a special members only discount and deals for all of the artwork and merch that I sell. You also get the complete podcast back catalog of every podcast I've ever produced, hundreds of episodes, countless different podcasts you also get access to my personal blog a new blog comes out every week in addition to that you get my creative writing that i'm releasing you also get access to asking me anything 14 years of experience podcasting i've been creating art my entire life i've been using photoshop since middle school and you can contact me to ask me questions about that or anything else so those are the benefits for signing up for inspired disorder plus and now let's get back to the show so she tells them all to go to bed right you guys are done for the night right hopefully we can move past this and you know so as soon as stanton leaves of course alonka the contrarian to stanton even though she should have regretfully should have followed her advice in the previous episode immediately after stanton leaves alonka's like no we're not going to bed Right. It's like, I know she said goodbye. I know this is like we're on, you know, we're on shaky territory here, but we need to give Anya a proper funeral. She didn't get a proper funeral. So they go out to the beach, right, where they had the death day celebration for Amish. They go out to the beach and she puts the, the ashes in the water and Sherry's there sitting down, of course, bringing ambiance to to the situation gonna play some music on on her cello i believe it's a cello and i have to say despite the fact that the show i know it takes place in the 90s and i know this song at the time would have been the perfect song of the time of the moment to say it is very much a say goodbye song that is why it is a song that was played on almost everybody's grad during everybody's graduation in the 90s right when i graduated like everybody else one of the songs was the song that sherry plays and sings but in the year 2022 that song is so played out and because of that this moment going from a episode that made me cry I am very surprised that I didn't get choked up talking about it. You know, when everybody says goodbye and she sees everybody in a room, I just like, I start crying watching the episode, but you know, dead inside while I'm telling you what's happening in this episode. But the complete and utter contrast to those emotions when Sherry starts playing Green Day's Good Riddance. So take the photographs and still frames in your mind. 
Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time. Tattoos and memories and asking on trial. For what it's worth, it was worth all the while. It's something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. And everybody joins in. And I got to say, in the year 2022, there is no funnier moment, there is no cheesier moment than watching a bunch of kids legitimately be sad singing that song. Which, obviously, in the 90s, it would have been the perfect song. It makes complete sense. But it's like, it's played out. It is, it's like sad. It is sad what happens to songs. They get played out. They they adopt new meanings over time. And I, I literally watching this episode the first time I watched it in the rewatches and preparation for this episode. Every time I watch Sherry start singing Green Day's Good Riddance, I cannot help but laugh. Out loud laugh. It... it I, it's cringy watching these kids sing this song. But if I were there in the 90s, same age as all these kids, I would have been right on that beach singing Good Riddance along with everybody else. I can't help it. It's, it's, I, I don't know. I would imagine everybody from the 90s, when that moment shows up on this episode, can't help but laugh. Now, if you're younger and you didn't have the experience of that song being on every graduation in the late 90s, early 2000s, I don't know what to tell you, right? But, you know, I love the soundtrack. I love the songs in this show, right? Of course, it's the perfect song to play. It's just the song has had a lifespan, and now it just feels cringy. But it felt good to laugh. felt good to laugh. On some some level, it feels it feels good for Anya, right? Laughter at her funeral. At least I was laughing. The kids weren't laughing, obviously. They were, you know, melancholy. But anyway, it's very awkward. Um, so they do the funeral. Everybody sings. Heartfelt, cheesy. Afterward, it's just Kevin and Alonka on the beach. Kevin gives her a big hug. And then afterward, after the hug, Alonka kind of goes in for a kiss. Kevin pulls back. And he's like, uh, you know, we can't do this. You know, technically he still has a girlfriend. Obviously there's a connection there. He tries to say words that make Alonka feel better, but it is just awkward. Him pulling away and she's like he's like don't spin out okay it's like we're all gonna die <laughs> like you know he doesn't know what to say but it's clear there's a connection there obviously every one of their stories whenever it's kevin she's love interest when it's her story he's love interest right it's clear he's there helping her do everything right even though he knows it's ridiculous, all of the, the ritual and all these things. He's jaded. He, he doesn't buy into this thing, you know, like Alonka does. Alonka is really the only one trying to convince, but he's supportive, right? He's supportive despite the fact he doesn't necessarily agree. But not enough to go through with a kiss. 
So later on, back inside Brightcliff, we see Stanton smoking a joint. As the kids hypothesized, they were correct. She does smoke weed. Smoking a joint in front of her fire. She has the diary. She throws the diary in the fire. Right? And then she's got a photo. Hugging this photo as she's smoking her joint. Goes out to hang the photo up. At the same time, Alonka is walking by and sees, sees Stanton. So Alonka's like peeking around the corner, seeing what she's doing. You see Stanton hang this photo of Anya up on the wall. And then she gets a call in her office. She goes into her office. And then Alonka goes to, to snoop, to, to listen in on this phone call. Right? And she's crying. Stanton's crying, telling this person on the phone that they lost. she lost a woman that, you know, that's hitting her more than anybody else, right? It's hitting her more so than normal. She's this fierce woman. Obviously, she told Anya that she reminded her of her son. Maybe that's who she's talking to on the phone. We don't know. Don't really know. Maybe it's somebody from her past. Don't know who she's talking to. But she's talking about how she's, you know, hurting from... Losing Alonka. And then she starts saying, the kids tried, and then she kind of trails off. And it's like, you know, the kids tried, and it brought up, like, old stuff, right? So she didn't say the kids tried a ritual, but she was about to say that. But whatever the kids did brought up old stuff. So, you know, the idea of the ritual, Stanton probably knows, knew about the ritual, obviously. They knew the history of the building. But also knew about that book. Didn't know that it was in the library. So she's familiar with it, right? Probably from a similar perspective that Shasta is, right? All right both Shasta and Stanton know about this book, know about the rituals. And apparently there's a history with it. Obviously, there's the whole thing with Julia Jane. So the kids trying to do trail off, brought up old stuff. And then she said that uh, uh, she was on the phone with a doctor and there's crazy news. One of the kids is going home, right? She looked at all the, the data, all the, the stuff, all the test results, and one, didn't say who, one person is going home, right? Doesn't say they were cured, doesn't say it was false positive, but... By the, st- the, the test they have, somebody's going home. And, of course, Alonka outside the, the door is surprised. She's like, holy shit, maybe it did work. Right? Maybe it just didn't work, which doesn't make any s- I mean, maybe. Who knows? Uh, it's a horror movie. She's seeing ghosts. We're, you know, we, we're, it's sure. Of course it can be possible that this ritual did work, does work, and it worked for somebody. But the ritual was for Anya. They put the thing, and of course Shasta said it's not like baking, right? And just within the ritual they did, right? They didn't sacrifice. There was no blood sacrifice. They sacrificed little trinkets that meant a lot to them, you know? Either way, only goes to fuel Alonka's, like, bias that this ritual worked instantly of course she's going to say well it worked it just didn't work for anya right it worked for somebody so of course 
she hears that Stanton's about to get up. She runs to get away, trips, like kind of clips uh, one of the something in the hallway, makes noise. Stanton hears it. She goes out to check. And Alonka goes back to her room. And then Stanton's like, okay, I'll talk to you later, whatever. Now Alonka's in a room, sitting on the bed. And the old woman appears behind her, saying that she's hungry. She's still hungry, kind of crawling over the bed at Alonka. Alonka runs into the bathroom that's attached to their bedroom, locks the door. She sees the door handle jiggling. And then from behind her in the, the, the mirror above the sink, the old man shows up. And he says something, hey, dear, whatever. But things jiggling. And then Alonka... As this chaos is happening while she's hiding in the bathroom, she passes out, and that's the end of the episode. So crazy things still happening. Uh, Alonka passed out. Who knows? She's locked in the bathroom, so who knows who's going to find her? She wakes up on her own. Who knows? Um, but Anya, my favorite character, is no longer. Great actress. I hope to see Ruth in other things. Ruth Cod. She's amazing in the show. This episode, so much of her abilities as an actor are, are highlighted in this episode. And I absolutely love this character as well. Obviously, if somehow ghosts do come back, if like past, like they're definitely, I could see, you know, maybe this season, next season, two seasons from now, you know, maybe Ruth Ka or uh, Anya comes back as a ghost could easily happen who knows right but as far as the reality of this show goes at this mo at the moment Anya is no longer uh and it's a bummer I definitely cried like I said but I also laughed in this episode because you know Green Day I love Green Day don't get me wrong I love that song it it hurts that it feels cringy and 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 funny that they like I literally could not stop laughing uh, anyway, that is this episode, episode seven. Only three more episodes to go, season one of The Midnight Club. Uh, let's see how it all wraps up. And I'm sure Anya is, or uh, Lanka is going to be hell bent on this thing working again, although the book is no longer burnt. But who knows? Maybe Shasta has some other stuff on it. Uh, either way, looking forward to seeing how this season, the first season of The Midnight Club, wraps up. Until then, you're just going to have to live a little bit longer because this is to be continued. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring.